Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Renee? Yes. Okay, I think we're doing it. Okay. If not, we could always do it again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let me see something. How can I tell whether or not, okay, it's saying no participants. Let me see something. Um, If it says no participants, it may mean I need a call. Okay. All right, so all right, so what I'm gonna do is, all right, so let's hang up, okay? Okay. Um, let me give you the number. You have a pen? Yes, I do. Seven two four. Four four four. Got it. Seven four four four. Okay. And wait, wait, and then There's the call, the yeah. call ID is one three seven one six five. One six five. Okay, okay so I'm going to hang up. Right. Okay, and I'll okay. dial the number. Okay. okay. All right, bye. bye. Renee? Hello? Renee? Hello? I'm here. Yes? I'm here. Hello? Okay, all right. They have you. Yes. Okay. I'm on. Hello. 
Okay. Are you here? Okay, hello? Yes. Hello? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, hello? It's, it's funny because I'm getting... Can you hear me? I'm getting um, feedback hello? from those. It's funny because I'm getting... I'm getting um, feedback from those. It's funny because I'm getting... Okay, hold on a second. Okay. All right. Now I'm not getting that feedback. You hear me? Yes, I can. All right, let me make sure I don't have any feedback. Okay. Um, Let me just see what's going on here. Because I just want to make sure that it's recording and... When I when I do it the other way, I am getting feedback, and I shouldn't be getting feedback. And I don't know why that is. Um, what is this? Okay. Now I'm not getting the feedback, but I just want to make sure it's being recorded. Uh, let me go back to my... Doesn't have me signed in, which is kind of weird. All right, let me sign in. Now I'm here, and it worked really well the last time. Yeah, it told me it was going to be recording live. Right. Yeah. And okay, so let me just go through. But see, it's not. This is next episode live now. Okay. <laughs> Start my call. Wait. Let me do. Click here to begin hosting your call. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Here we go. We're good to go. All right. Um, okay. no feed, no feedback or anything. Okay. So, uh, I have given you a code. You don't have to say your name or anything, okay? Even though this this recording, this is a private call. It's not um, open to the public, but I just wanted to go over that. So, today's okay. date is the 19th, right? And yeah. um, I have to go over the... Um, some demographic questionnaires, I mean, questions first. So what is your age in years? 
<laughs> my age in years is 59. Okay. All right. Um, what is your race? Black. Black. Right. Are you employed? Uh, yes, independent contracting. Yes, okay. self-employed. Yes. All right. And um, do you have op- occupation or um, is it self-employed or what is your title? Uh, project management. Hi. Tech management. Yeah, right. and educator. And educator. That's all right. Do you consider yourself, this is not the demographic question, so do you consider yourself a strong black woman, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Now, um, I have to go through a list of financial challenges. If you've experienced them, say yes. Um, Because if I had handed this to you, I should have given it to you the other day. You would have just circled it, but I have to read them, okay? Okay. So, um, bankruptcy? No. Foreclosure? No. Repossession? No. Eviction? No. Illness? What is it? Illness? Uh, yes. Um, unemployment? Yes. Underemployment. So you're employed. Like underemployment is you. You might have been unemployed. You have a job, but you're you were making less than what you were making before. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. Underemployment. Uh, early or forced retirement. Yes. Okay. Job loss. Mm, no. Okay. Divorce or separation? No, not not yet. Um, <laughs> shut up. Death <laughs> of a spouse? Not yet. No. Right. Not okay. Yet. Um, care of an elderly parent? Yes. Okay. Um, any other financial challenges um, that I didn't mention? Uh no, none that I can think of. Uh, okay. No, none that I can think of. All right. So, how long has it been since your last challenge? One to five years, five years or more, or less than a year? Less than a year. Less than a year. Okay. All right. So, we got that part out of the way. So, one of the um, the the basis of my study is that um, I was looking, I started out looking into um, what the literature calls financial insecurity. Um, okay. And um, as I was reading it, um, I, de- I determined that, you know, there were certain things that applied and then um, there's certain things that that didn't apply, okay? Okay. And so, um, and one of the things that has to do with the uh, economic insecurity 
is the, the definition was um, suffering uh, a financial setback and the inability to recover from it. But okay. what, what I found in talking to people is that uh, black women, particularly, yeah, black women have financial challenges but we managed to uh, survive them. Right. And so when we talk about the inability to recover from them, it it really didn't apply. It had more to do with, I mean, we suffered them, but we managed to sort of make a way out of no way. Yeah. Okay? I and, agree. Okay. And so... Um, one of the things that I, you know, kind of want to start a conversation about is, um, you know, to talk a little bit about, you mentioned um, um, care of an elderly parent and, you know, some other challenges that you talked about. Um, What were some of the things that you did to help you survive that? Well, uh, I'm going to go first with uh, my mother uh, because I had two parents that had cancer at the same time. Mm. Um, And they lived in two separate sections of the city. Mm -hmm. So one was much easier than the other. My mother, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and dementia. However, it was... uh, after it had metastasized her cancer, her dementia was, uh, I guess it was slow. I, I can't, I, I can't really, you know, diagnose that pretty much. But what I had to do is basically retire early, mm-hmm. because her first, her, the first uh, diagnosis was that she would live maybe up to a year. I didn't want to accept that, so I wanted mm-hmm. to get her. Uh, a more advanced treatment and mm-hmm. a, a more quality treatment. So what I did is retire early, and so I could have the money to do that. You know, go with mm-hmm. her to uh, uh, different locations and go with her to her daycare, and mm-hmm. as well as buy her things and do things for her that was difficult to do as when I was working. Because many times she refused treatment. Many times she. She was obstinate about her, her treatment assistance, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was. So I needed to be there on a regular basis while she needed to be able to trust that I would be there. So right. retiring early meant that I could no longer rely on getting back the money that I spent. And it didn't matter to me. You know, it was more important that if she had never had a pair of shoes, let's say a $200 pair of shoes from Neiman Marcus, that she got that opportunity to get them. Or if she wanted to eat out with her friends every day, it was important to me because she had terminal cancer to make sure I could provide those things for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, And I did. You know, so and then take care of my own home as well. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, by her refusing to live with me when she had that option, you know, because she wanted to be at home, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I went back and forth, you know, and until I found a person who lived nearby 
who she really loved, who got to uh, bring the children to see her. And they basically gave me a break. But financially, it changed how I lived at home. You know, uh, I couldn't, after a while, I couldn't spend as much and then mm-hmm. I had to pay tax on what I got. Versus, oh, because um, you retired. You're retired, money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I had to pay okay. taxes on what I didn't get because I retired early. Let me say, I had to pay taxes on what I didn't get because I retired early. I was penalized, which is money okay. that you never really get back. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's the financial part, and then it changed the dynamics of my marriage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In what way? In the way that my husband had to take on more responsibility financially, which he wasn't necessarily happy about that, because mm-hmm. he had gotten accustomed to, let's say, a, a, a wife that was independently financially right. independent. Right. You know? Right. So, right. so his things that were important, his sense of importance wasn't the same as mine. You know, uh, meaning that sometimes I was accustomed to, you know, eating out and treating and doing different mm-hmm. things that, that wasn't happening. You know, or 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 he couldn't understand maybe the cost of medication, you know, mm-hmm. because I, too, had hypertension. So I would mm-hmm. say, well, let me buy, I have to do my mother, and so I need you to do me, so forth and so on. So fortunately, mm-hmm. my son and my daughter-in-law was able to jump in and take care of some of those other things. But mm-hmm. however, what happens is eventually people don't have the same commitment you do and sometimes mm-hmm. after a while, they just plainly say no. It, mm-hmm. it, it began to treat you almost like it was a voluntary unemployment situation. It's almost that like you quit your job on purpose. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you you say to them that when that time comes that they had to make the same decisions and choices, that they would probably know what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, fortunately I had a job that I was working part-time uh, uh as a result of leaving the school district, that I was closer at that job to my father. I was mm-hmm. in between both parents. My father okay. lived in um, West Oak Lane, mm-hmm. and my mother was in West Philly. Oh, okay. So, so fortunately, <laughs> my dad's situation, he had a long-time companion mm-hmm. who who was going through helping him get to the bathroom and, you mm-hmm. know, different things that I would have to do had she not been around. <laughs> right. So you were going to have to go to take care of both parents? Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. they were both legally married, and both of them really refused to uh, to do for each other. Let's put it that way. So right. my father was supportive of my mother. My mother was supportive of my father. But since you were the only living sibling, we uh, child that we, excuse me, that we had, mm-hmm. we're gonna give it to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. So you know now how you know how when when you talk about what you did and um, some you know you mentioned people not having the same commitment that you know did you did you find yourself or did you feel that that this was just something you had to do like you just had to figure you you had to make it work yeah i had to make it work you know and i'm glad that you 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 posed that uh statement like that because basically i had to make it work because of my commitment to my parents because i loved them you know just that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um so what i did is maybe we didn't eat steak as much 
mm-hmm. uh, maybe dinner time changed. You know, mm-hmm. I changed how I did things, you know, just uh, and I did it gradually, you know, from working part time and my hours changing. It was mm-hmm. easier to, let's say, start dinner at 630 as opposed to eating at 630. Okay. Uh, sometimes we didn't eat dinner at all. Sometimes we just had to eat out. And sometimes we actually uh, shared food, you know, um, like mm-hmm. I would change what I got. You know, for example, instead of um, buying um, steak sandwich, I, was, I would just buy a piece and we would share it. We'd, we'd buy a piece with steak on it. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. You know, for okay. example, or we would eat some type of salad, you know, that was similar mm-hmm. to the menus of the places that we would eat at. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead of buying twelve dollar martinis, I would just buy vodka. <laughs> okay, a cheaper vodka. You still got the good vodka. You just yeah, have I the still got the good vodka. I just wouldn't. You do. It would just sit around, monkey. You know that's all. But uh, I didn't. I refused to go too far because I had to come from the bottom to anyway. You know, like mm-hmm. when I was growing up, my parents, um, you know, had a pretty staple. Uh, this menu for us to eat. We we never really questioned the fact of why we ate so much fish or why we ate so much mm-hmm. chicken or, mm-hmm. or the spaghetti. I mean, you know, I mean, I realized at the time that they were trying to make ends meet too. Mm-hmm. And, and my mm-hmm. mother, you know, she was trying to make ends meet. Sometimes she would apply for programs that she was eligible for just because of her age or mm-hmm. just because of her race. You know, so I learned a lot of those things from them. So mm-hmm. I. I and I and I did, I didn't lose my um, spirit or my confidence that I could do it, you know, because mm-hmm. I I realized that even as a single parent, I was it was times when family and friends fed us, you know, mm-hmm. to get us through the day or the next day. You just while you were thinking about how to do it, and you ask questions, and people say, "Well, this is how you uh, stretch a uh, tuna fish. This is how you stretch stretch cheese." You know, so somewhere mm-hmm. along the line, you learn how to manage. But you, mm-hmm. but I didn't take it personally. Now, I didn't. I didn't think it was because I was lacking uh, uh, knowledge to be able mm-hmm. to care for myself and my parents. I knew it was a choice, either one or the other. So I chose to take care of my parents. Right now, that's interesting because one of the um, one of the theories that I'm looking into um, is okay. So the, let me let me take a step back. The overall overarching, I guess, themes are um, when you look at black women and you look at their um, um, financial status and how they have survived or we have survived and um, how we are going to navigate um, this thing called retirement. And and I have that in quotes, okay, not Mm because it may not be how other people define retirement, but I'm looking at, like, innovation, resistance, and transformation, okay? So those are the overarching things. There's also um, a theory, and it's called cultural wealth theory, and, and, and her name is Joseph. But one of the things that she says in this theory is that there are different types of capital which are different than money. And one of them is aspirational capital, um, which refers to the to the ability to maintain hope and dreams for the future in the face 
real or perceived barriers. The second is social capital, which is networks of people and community sources, and um, resistant capital, um, and that refers to knowledge and skills um, that we foster through what they call, you know, oppositional behavior. And so just in a little, you know, just in what you said, you kind of touched on a a number of those. Um, When you you were talking about um, networks of people and community resources and Mm -hmm. and you said something about when you, um, you, you know, as a single parent, you know, people fed you you know, or, you know, not saying, yeah. but, you know, provided, yeah, right? No, yeah, and, provided, you know, uh, right. resources, you know, like right. uh, sometimes and many times that's what we would do. We would just gather together at one person's house and, right. they, and we would just chip in and buy chicken. Somebody would cook and mm-hmm. we would just have mm-hmm. fun. We would powwow, talk about the things we want to do. If a person mm-hmm. had a homework assignment, we would help them out because I kind of uh spent time around people who were on the same lane. You know, we're all on the same lane. We're all trying Mm -hmm. to move forward. We're all single parents. We're all still trying to get to that point where, you know, where we came out of that uh, $1.90 hour uh, wage Mm -hmm. to trying to get a career and income because the words change. You know, first is job and it's career. Right. And so when we right. hear career, we're like, well, what do we need to do to get a career? Well, we mm-hmm. have children, we're single parents. And so we kind of share out mm-hmm. the information that's available. And I right. happen to be the one that was the most vocal, and I read <laughs> more than some of them. So mm-hmm. which I, I was usually the, 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 the griot, I'd say, that sat at the table and said, well, this is what I read today. Let's see if this works. So mm-hmm. we wind up making a power, a pact, uh, out of five of us. First, mm-hmm. to get those 40 quarters for Social Security. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was the first pack, you know? Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. Because at that time, many people didn't trust that they would actually have a career in which they could obtain those 40 quarters for Social Security. So mm-hmm. we knew that we need at least 10 years of, of stable employment. And then mm-hmm. we, you know, with some went to community colleges, some did mm-hmm. other things. You know, some became um, self-supporting. You know, mm-hmm. there's no more than creating an enterprise through babysitting. You know, mm-hmm. whatever was available and needed community. So we were able to tap into that. Mm-hmm. I was the one that stepped out a little further and said I wanted to major in communications, you know, because I thought mm-hmm. I was natural for that. So mm-hmm. I went back to school, which took me eight years for four years because I was also a single parent. Right, right. So I had to go part-time here, a couple classes there, until I made it and, you know, was able to get jobs. And, but so I was always struggling financially anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, so needless to say, what I mentioned the other day was that I took a job with the, with the uh, Internal Revenue Service that mm-hmm. actually wasn't as stable as working with um, the school district. And my son going wanting to go to Juilliard, and I knew I needed a job where I could rely on right. um, the stability to get credit cards and uh, <laughs> and a check every two weeks. Right. Something right. that I knew that I had to do. You know, you know, when you're working for a job like that, which I'm sure you know, that you know there's certain uh, things that's required of you, and you can, you know, pattern things that you do to them. You say, I go to bed early so I can get up and do this. I can do that. Right. 
You know, so that provided that vehicle for me to move and uh, laterally to try to financially put my pull myself together by my bootstraps. After making more than fifty thousand dollars a year, I got used to it. Right. And, right. and then, um, then the marriage came and those things. As I got older, because the second one anyway, and then, mm-hmm. um, then my parents got sick. You know, right. so mm-hmm. I knew from I guess from the way I was raised, I guess, you know, it was instilled that you kind of look out for the people who look out for you. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, were not denied me anything. And mm-hmm. after my brothers had passed away, I was, I was it. You know, mm-hmm. my son lived in New York, and, it, I, and he didn't have the same responsibility or commitment because it wasn't his parents. Right. He loved his right. grandparents. But that's right. not his parents, right? That's right. Exactly. He has to go, right. He has to make a way for himself so he can do, you know. Yeah. Um, become, okay. And, and, I, and I kept the same friends, and we were all going through a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. You know, some lost their jobs altogether, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had a girlfriend recently work for a place 33 years, and they let her go when mm. she lost her pension. So now she's fighting it. She lost her pension also? Mm-hmm. Wow. They told her, they say, basically, that we're not satisfied with your performance, and you're fired. Wow. She didn't even get her severance pay. Wow. She was a uh, health care, what you call it, uh, uh, a person who uh, who uh, evaluates health uh, programs. And, right, and, right. And, and, um, and she and, was there for 30-something years, and they were satisfied. <laughs> Yeah, it exactly. took them thirty three so, years to determine that years. they weren't satisfied. Thirty three years, that's right. And so she's fighting it, so they should have uh, the case should be closed, I guess, sometime this year. Mm-hmm. So we, she and I, also made a uh, pack, which I wind up selling her in my mother's house after all mm-hmm. work, and I gave her a seller's mortgage, which keeps mm-hmm. money coming in my pocket, right. and I provided her with a vehicle of having a place to live. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so we transfer deeds and all that. So right. if she can't right. pay, I could take right. it out of debt, and she still gets to keep the house. Right, right. You know, so um, so we work in the same um, – I still work in that fashion with friends, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, because we have to support each other. And that's one of the things that I got out of being an African-American woman from moving from a Negro to a black to African-American to right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the hell we are. You know, I just <laughs> – you black. I said, yeah. I'm black. That's it. Yeah. It, it's interesting how, you know, that, that transformation um, has taken place. But it's, it's also interesting how, you know, I mean, they're, they're, people have different um, theories, you know, about how that happened. But I, I am noticing that people are using um, black more than um than the African American. Yeah, right. African American. And it doesn't mean that, you know, we're not we're not identifying with Africa, but I think when they said African American, you know, you want to people I think they had such a negative attitude when it comes to black. You know, right. and then um, you know, uh, you know, Pan Africanist, and you wanted to identify with Africa, so you did say African America, you know, just to sort right. of understand that we didn't just start here in America. But then I'm thinking now we can go back to black, black. 
you know, and that still helps you identify with black people all over the world, you yeah. know, because, right. you know, and so, um, you know, I do find that that's like, it's almost like reclaiming it back again because before everything negative was black, yeah. you know, like, so it's like, okay, well, I want to, you know, re- reclaim it, you know, I want to reclaim it again. Um, and also, you know, talking about the the reclaiming, uh, when I asked about a strong black woman, you know, um, there there there's positive you know there's a there's a positive connotation and a negative connotation you know oftentimes when it comes to strong black woman right. and you know and so one of the things that i that i um wanted to discuss and um is you know maybe that term strong black woman and um you know one yeah, let's let's talk about it, and I'll and I'll fill in what you know what I was thinking, and you can just. So, when I, what does that mean to you, strong black woman? It means a uh, a woman who is almost holding the world on her shoulders. <laughs> mm-hmm. Her husband, her children, mm-hmm. her job, her friends. Uh, uh, siblings, uh, a person who can handle adversity in a positive manner mm-hmm. and not self-destruct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also means a person who uh, is still capable of love in spite of rejection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means to me... Um, it means a person who is also proud of their race and their origin mm-hmm. without excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, a person who is dedicated to all the things that they are, mm-hmm. you know, and committed to all the things they are, and even still is still capable of saying, I'm sorry, please may I thank you, excuse me, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that. I like it. So, you know, one of the, um, you know, one of the other aspects of, you know, being a strong black woman is, um, or I shouldn't say, okay, one one way people look at it sometimes um, a little bit differently than the way you described it, which was really beautiful, is... Um, in, in, in sort of the exaggerated form that people present it, you know, uh, loud mouth, you know, um, angry. Um, uh-huh. That's what that's one way. The other way is sort of the mask, you know. Like, have you ever heard somebody say, you know, you walk into somebody's house and, you know, um, she's taking care of you, like you mentioned, taking care of the kids, taking care of the husband, taking care of the family, taking care you know, everybody else, uh-huh. you know, um, never, you know, never had a new pair of shoes, you know, um, never uh-huh. able to say no, never able to do. And so you walk in somebody's house and she got, she has eight children and no spouse and, you know, they're eating cheese and, 
you know, and people go, wow, that's a strong black woman. In other words, you know, sometimes just keep dumping on them, dumping on them, dumping on them, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but what has happened oftentimes is that, you know, it's very difficult for us to ask for help, you know, and I, I thought it was great that you were talking about, um, you know, the power pack that you made and, you know, the the the, the group of women or individuals that you had to, you know, uh, sort of support, you know, support each other. But sometimes, um, you know, the strong black woman doesn't allow that vulnerability, you know, and yeah. that support. And it's yeah. like a mask. And so what happens is we, we you know, carry this mask, you know, we put this mask on and we, you know, um, I know, I, I don't know about you, but I know I was, you know, it was sort of like never let them see you sweat type of thing. Yeah, so exactly. you can be hurting, you know, all your, you know, all hell could be breaking loose in your house and in your life and in your head or in your body, but you just have to keep going. And so, you know, um, you know, just being vulnerable enough to ask for help or, um you know, and, and and in some instances, you know, um, being a strong black woman, uh, I, it it, it um, is a hindrance in terms of seeking help, uh, seeking support of other individuals, you know, or just allowing yourself to be vulnerable, you know, and it causes a lot of uh, physical problems too. Um, yeah, and you know, and I actually. You know, uh, I, I get where you're going with that because I actually saw a lot of that, and those are the women that I, I that we observed from mm-hmm. our community who wind up as alcoholics or mm-hmm. uh, depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, and to me, uh, from seeing all those things, that's not what I wanted to be when I grew up. So we had to hold on a second, a, something. Something happened. It said, why is it saying my section? Hold on, let's stop. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, don't say anything. I don't want to, um, the previous actions. Why did it say my session timed out due to inactivity? It's not, oh, okay, that must have been something else. It's still, wait. Start my call. We already started the call. You still there, right? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm hanging in. All right. I'll hang in there with you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're still okay. It's it's this one's still going. Um. Uh. Okay. We're talking about um the the different the uh, uh I guess the uh, right examples you know that, that I'm right. in the neighborhood things that I didn't want to be when I grew up because I still had. Two things that was that was important to me. One was making sure my son had opportunity for success mm-hmm. because I was a single parent. Right. I could. I just basically couldn't raise a, a young man who was going to be home with me mm-hmm. until he was thirty, forty years old. <laughs> I just couldn't do. Uh-huh. You know. Hold on. I'm gonna put you okay. on pause. This is my Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. How do you? What? 
Okay. All right. Go ahead, guys. I'm on a conference call, but go ahead. Tell me what happened. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Did you get in trouble? Okay. All right. I'm going to call you right back, okay? All right. Bye-bye. My granddaughter got to tell me what happened in her day-to-day, okay? Hello? Oh, okay, I understand. Okay. So we yeah, I just want to make sure it wasn't an emergency. I'm like, Chuck, can you get to the point? Because she's calling me in the middle of the day when she's at school. Okay, so, yeah, you were talking about, like, you had to, I mean, we've seen that strong black woman um, where it caused all kinds of problems. And, it, you know, sometimes in a neighborhood it was the 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 more beat down you were, the stronger you, you were. Got. And you yeah. said like you said something like, um, well you didn't I want was. your son thirty five living with you. But some people it's like, Well, she's strong. She got her she has her son and he's thirty five he she got one that's fifty and he lives with her and all the grandkids live with him and the great grandkids uh-huh. live with so they're saying that strong instead of thinking okay, she's not able to stand up for herself or she's not able to get the help she needs, you know what I'm saying? Right, so right. It's, it's yeah, I understand of, that too, yeah. You know, and I really do understand that, but I knew as a single parent that I wasn't immortal. I knew that it would be a time where maybe I would check out before mm-hmm. my, my – I mean, I had no idea knowing what my destiny, my fate was. Right, right. And I didn't right. want to have a codependent relationship where if I left here first, mm-hmm. which most parents do hope they do mm-hmm. <laughs> to their children, what what would happen to my child if mm-hmm. I couldn't teach him to be independent? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so let's say so. What a lot of people don't know is besides Christian's base um, ex- experience, mm-hmm. that he had to go to school for carpentry. Mm. So he, he was, can learn a skill. Yeah, he he learned how to uh, use wood. You know, he had to oh. make things. You know, uh, well, this was when he was, I guess, I'm gonna say 14. He also mm-hmm. had a job as a ticket taker at the at the Spectrum. You know, mm-hmm. like so just introducing him to different ways in which he could make money, not knowing what his destiny would be. Wow. You know, okay. because I just didn't want to leave him out there with. Uh, he he, he was no skills, and I couldn't guarantee that I would be here all the days of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that came from, like, some earlier stuff, you know, when mm-hmm. I realized I had to die. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 So I'm like, well, you know, and my parents, you know, they were very, very supportive. 
But however, they were still old school. They were still into the thing, well, you know, we don't want to integrate into a world that we aren't wanted. Okay. okay. You know, so I I was the one who said, I don't care if we're not wanted there. We're entitled to be there. So I came up mm-hmm. doing the civil rights movement. Unfortunately, my brothers were mm-hmm. into that too, you know. Mm-hmm. Black is fine, but I'm just as talented as you. But if all else mm-hmm. fails, I'll still find uh, a way to make money regardless, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. so it was a lot of tr- things I observed coming up being the only girl. But I just didn't want that to happen. So I didn't know whether I was a strong black woman because like, there was times when I was disappointed when I had to change the word and replace the word anger with disappointed, which changed mm-hmm. how I saw stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, because when you get angry, you you, you, you sometimes you're out of uh Things out of choices, you just self-destruct, you know, mm-hmm. and you wind up being depressed. I've sat in the rocking chair for two or three days trying to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, mm-hmm. should I cry more? Should I do do this that? And all of the meantime, mm-hmm. things were slipping away from me that I couldn't catch, mm-hmm. you know. And I said, I can't allow that to happen anymore, you know. And I couldn't become a, a alcoholic, a drug addict. I guess I could have. Mm-hmm. But I, I chose not to because I still had my son. Um, I still right. had a mother who was a single parent after my mm-hmm. parents separated. So mm-hmm. we had to still help her. So right. there was still a system where we all had to pull ourselves together by our bootstraps and try mm-hmm. to eat something that simple or pay the gas or electric in. And it's no fun when the water heater breaks and you don't have mm-hmm. the money to put a new one in. Right. What do you right. do? You get buckets, you know, you... You borrow one <laughs> until the next day. You know, so you had to keep this network, you know, going. Of people who's going to help you. you. You can't turn your backs on them because they, you know, don't turn their backs on you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we came from different financial walks of life. Sometimes they didn't make as much as I did. But I still offered them the opportunity, you know, to go out, take them out, pay the bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, load of money. So when I didn't have any money, it was no big thing for them to want to loan me. Well, I'll help you. Right, exactly. Yeah. So kind of, you know, everybody pulling. I remember um, being a single parent, um, and um, one I had another friend. We were all in school together. We were in D.C., mm-hmm. and, um, you know, she would say, you know, the kids would come over and, you know, I always laugh. Like, I had a mayonnaise. She had tuna fish. Somebody else would have the bread. You know, right. and so we all, you know, we all got together and, you know, made the sandwiches. The kids were having a good time. They didn't realize that, you know, we had sort of pieced this meal together, you know. And then I had another friend. Um, she, let me see, I think one person took the kids to school. So basically, whoever had the most flexibility in the morning. So, you know, so I don't remember how it worked, but I think, yeah, I think they came over. She dropped her daughter off at my house in the morning, and mm-hmm. they all had breakfast at my house, and I took them to school. And then she picked the kids up in the evening, and, you know, you know, sometimes they would just have their snack and do their homework, or if they had to, you know, have dinner there, they would have dinner there. And that's kind of how we did it, you know. Yeah, and so, exactly. you know, and, um, you know, that that um, uh, cooperative type of 
existence. And um, you know, we you know, we, we got away from that I think as people and I also just think as a whole, as a country, everybody started doing their own thing. You know, right. everybody started doing their own thing. You know, people usually not usually but a lot of times didn't you know, didn't know their neighbors, didn't know you know, weren't still friends with people that they grew up with or something like that. So everybody was off doing their own thing. And so now I'm the single mother and I have to come up with the tuna fish and the bread and the mayonnaise and all the, you know, everything. Whereas whereas before, you know, we could share that, you know, share that experience. And so, you know, um, I think that, uh, you know, that's something that uh, one person, um, um, a woman, her her point with the strong black woman is she sort of expanded it to the strong black woman collective. And in other words, there has to be, you know, sort of that strength in numbers because I think we do have that communal spirit, which, you know, kind of what you talked about, and, you know, sort of reclaiming that strong black image woman image, the negative part, and also reclaiming that uh, collective part, you know, um, looking, you know, looking at these strategies to sort of resist what's, what's going on. You know, yeah, because and after I, a while, it's just green. And to me, some things just aren't even racist. You know, right. it's just green. You know, it's just about money. Right. You know, because yeah. in many cases, we choose to live with each other anyway or to live in an integrated society mm-hmm. like I grew up. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it was just one day I looked up and, and most of the white people had gone. Gone. <laughs> and then, yeah. And it never it dawned on me that it was because it was a black family that moved on the block. I mean, mm-hmm. once I got right. older, did I realize that it was you realized what was going on. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. So, I just yeah. thought everybody just had more money and they chose to get larger houses and move somewhere where it was more job. No. <laughs> you know, so no. well, I realized what was happening later. Then I said, well, I'm going to have some choices too. Mm-hmm. Right. So I stayed in my neighborhood, uh, say for mm-hmm. example, yeah, after living in several places and nice places. Mm-hmm. And still, I still dream, which is one of the things that um, I, when I said to you, I'm very proud of you. You know, I am because to mm-hmm. me, to lose your dream or or to to lose the the um, the, the I, I guess the, the the I guess the desire to want to do better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some right. people, when they get a certain age, they just go, oh, yeah. I'm retired now. I don't want to mm-hmm. do anything. I was like, why? Mm-hmm. You know, right. come, on, come on. You know, we're living longer now, and we 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 can do better. We can buy more things. We can do. Mm-hmm. Why would you not want to have a viable lifestyle, uh, uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. that's functional, even when mm-hmm. you're 80 years old? Mm-hmm. You know, you're 90, and then my father he worked up until he was 88. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, okay, well, it's not over till it's over, and you right. can still reinvent yourself. You right. know, you can say, well, this is what I did the first 20 years, the next 20 years, and the next 20 years, and right. this is what I want to do, and I'm going after it. Right. I find that to be extremely uh, uh, wonderful. I think it's wonderful, you know, and whatever mm-hmm. I can do to help, I will, you know, so you just mm-hmm. stand on my shoulder, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of you, Pam, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and you are just such a role model, you know, and, I, and I'm, you are, and I think that um, that, 
that we should just put you on the platform and just show you all, you know. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, and I think we had talked about this earlier on, you know, in front of the radio section and stuff before, is that I, you know, I, 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 I certainly appreciate it, and and I really I'm proud that you're proud of me because you're such an accomplished person yourself, you know. But I also think that there's a lot of us out there, you know, I do and too, they can just hear. They just need. But some people are already there. Other people are are budding. You know, they're like at the you know at the point, and they don't know. And so you talked about reinventing the self. So, you know, the, the sister that you said that, you know, she lost her job after 30, you know, something years, told right. her that you're not good enough. So, you know, what what's going to be the last word that she hears? You know, we don't want it to be that you're not good enough, you know. Exactly. Um, and I, and so even if she too. went, even if she gets the money, right? So right. how can we, you know, how can um, all the experience that she had, at that job, well, first of all, if you if if you can convince somebody to keep you for thirty two years and you don't know what you're doing, then you have some skills that you can tell other people. Because yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you, you know what like she that. did. She wound up going into a temporary agency, and she went uh-huh. to a temporary agency, and and she's in training now for paralegal studies, and she uh-huh. just got a job. Uh, mm-hmm. Working for an attorney downtown. She's sixty-three wow. years old, but right. she's sixty-three years young. Okay, you know, right. so she just bought herself, uh, mm-hmm. let's say, a new house, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, she, she was able to make do because she learned some carpentry, so she could fix up some of the house that when I sold wow. it to her. She wow. did a good job. I went to see my mother's room one day. I was mm-hmm. taken back. I was like, oh, my God, you have uh, tiles on the floor that look like clouds. If I had thought about it, I would have maybe did it for my mom. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's so it's a lot of women out there, you know, that need to reinvent themselves, right? And so, or, or you know, reinvent, and, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I was just looking at my notes that, you know, other people, you know, from interviews, and a lot of people have said, you know, reinvent, reinvent. And so I and I agree with that. But then I'm also thinking, you know, it just came to me, like rediscover. You know, sometimes we need to rediscover ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, when you were talking about, you know, or like giving up on your dreams, we, you know, we have stuff inside of us that we might have, you know, given up on. You know, or that's true. You know, that, that's all true. the junk, you know, all life, you know, life has sort of gotten in the way of everything. And, um, you know, we just need to get to a place where we can rediscover those things that we always like to do. You know, you have to pay the bills. You got to, you know, but, you know, what? how can I rediscover myself? How can I, you know, and whether you're a strong black woman in whatever model you were in before, you know, if you were always putting out, always putting out, you know, um, you know, maybe it's time now to, you know, hopefully you, like you said, you know, you got your son straight. He can, you know, take care of himself, probably take care of you too if he had to, you know, but now you're at the point where, um, you know, now I can do those things, you know, and I was sitting here thinking, you know, I'm in my daughter's house, 
you know, this is her house, her and her husband's mm-hmm. house, you know, mm-hmm. the kids, wonderful kids, they're off at school. You know, everything is really cool. And I'm like, Dad, I, you know, I was, I've been a mother since I was 19 years old. Right, That's yeah. a long I was time. A, yeah, you know? I, I was a teenage mom, too. Right, and, and I'm and, like, goodness. You know, like today, like they were, and they had to write everything down, like, you know, make the sandwiches. And I was kind of proud of myself. Like, goodness, I got two kids off to school. I haven't had to get kids off of school in a long time, you know, uh-huh. and it's like, but when we were doing it, we you think that that's how your life is going to be for the rest. You can't see for the rest. Beyond. Yeah, you can't see. You can't see, and you know when you have time for yourself and you want to do things for yourself and you know sort of rediscover, you know, rediscover yourself and and I think even redefine retirement because if we looked at all the models. You know, because um, most of the models for retirement are based on, you know, white male middle class retirement patterns, you know. Right, And right, so right. Um, whether, you know, I mean, for women it's, real, it's, it's different. And whether or not it, you're a white woman or a black woman, women have a tendency, like you said, to, to leave, retire, you know, leave work or retire early to take care of, an elderly parent or an elderly somebody, you know, somebody else. I mean, we look at those family responsibilities and, um, you know, uh, you know, you just, you know, you just look at that. And so um, the any model that you use that's based on, you know, uh, white male, upper middle class or middle class um, model we're going to come up short. And so we can sit and you, we can sit and, you know, cry about, you know, I mean, I I probably could have saved a lot more money than I did, but it is what it is. You know what I'm Uh saying? uh And uh so, you know, we can cry and say, woe is me. You know, I'm going to have to eat cat food for the rest of my life. Or, you know, we can reinvent ourselves, like, you know, get another job at 62. You know, you probably even do another career because if a career is 10 years, you probably got another 10 years. You know, yeah, I just don't want to work. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to work that hard for other people. You know, <laughs> I don't want to uh-huh, work uh-huh. that hard. Uh-huh. You know, but you I, may want right. you know, to do it. another career. You know, That's I don't right. know. I just, I yeah, don't. I'm examining now um, uh, having an online radio station. You know, uh-huh. all the options for that, you know, and uh-huh. I have two people who's going to be working. I'm just going to have to set up an outline for them of things for them to do. And, right. Uh, you know, basically a business plan. But right. that's just one of the things, you know, besides selling uh-huh. all, all LPs. And, you know, uh-huh. I'm thinking of all these different things I could do while I go back to school. Right. I'm not sure exactly what I want to be when I grow up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right. Yeah, so all, I mean, all those things, but you have options. You know, mm-hmm. and so I think, you know, reminding women um, that they have options. Um, also, maybe talking to women who maybe haven't been as fortunate because I think we are, whether we realize it or not, are, are privileged in, in certain ways, you know. That's true. And I think that's something we also have to just recognize our privilege because um, it's easy to forget. You know, you like you said, you grew up in a stable, you know, 
you know, family life, you know, even in spite of, you know, um, your parents being divorced, you know, pretty stable. Yeah, but but the uh, thing is they still stay unified when it came to their children. Right. You know, like I can remember my mother calling my father. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, your daughter's out of control. She's over in the theater and she won't come home. You know, right. and I'm like, God, we, you know, yeah. what's, what's he going to do? You know, I, right. I like think having a challenge in my head. But, <laughs> but for real, for real, he's walking through the door going, we're not having this. And blah, 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 blah. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you're privileged in, in many ways. Um, you have education and, and all of that. So um, there are a lot of individuals, you know, that may not have been as privileged, um, and there's some of us who, there's some that were more privileged, but right. you know, the point is that um, you know we all have to come together and figure out a way. Okay, so how can I get this information? How do I help somebody reinvent themselves? So, say you didn't have, you may not have a degree, but you have all these skills, you know, and I want to go back and get a degree. How can I leverage? How can I help you leverage? what you've had, you know, um, even the college process for many people, it, it, it's not, it's just getting in school that's so hard because if you've never done it before, it's, it's not, you know, it's not like add water and stir, you know, it, yeah, it, it, it right, can be exactly. a very complicated process. And it's so overwhelming. Right, and you listen to, you know, when they talk about, oh, getting kids, oh, a lot of the programs to help people get into, they're young for young people, you know. And so I don't want to be sitting at a college fair, you know, with 18-year-olds, <laughs> you know. I mean, so maybe, I I need, maybe there needs to be something, you know, to help people, you know, get that together. Um, maybe it's, you know, something, you know, to help people, you know, get their health, because health is something that is also extremely important. Yeah, um, it is. You know, um, so maybe I don't have enough money to travel all around the world, but maybe I can travel to the other part of town, you know, or, yeah, exactly. or a car ride. You know, they're right in this area, there's there are a lot of places that can provide you with peace and quiet. And, you know, just there are, there are people I know in Philadelphia and I'm sure you do because you grew up here, who absolutely never been anywhere outside of Philadelphia. I was talking to somebody, and they had never been to New York or Washington, D.C., and that just blows my mind. I'm like, you're right here in the middle of two uh-huh. that had never been. So, yeah. you know, um, looking at uh, travel uh, 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 travel clubs or travel opportunities just for, you know, people of a certain age, you know, um, and fear is the other thing. You know, right. sometimes it's just right. yeah. Sometimes fear just it hinders a person's ability to just to move forward because they right. can't control the unknown. Right. You know. And, and, right. Yeah. And I think we all have to be a little bit more transparent. So uh-huh. you know, they can look at you know they'll look at you. I'll say they'll look at me and say, "Well, I bet she never had to go through anything." Huh? Guess what? You just don't know. You know, and so. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously, you're not, you know, standing from the rooftop shouting on your business, but just basically, if I did it, you could do it too. Or like, this is what I did, you know. So, you know, begin to look at those strategies, you know, sort of make way out of no way or um, sort of stretch the 
stretch the spaghetti, if you will. You know, um, that's right, and you can do it. And we like, all know how if we had to. Right, literally, literally and figuratively, you know, stretch the spaghetti. You know, uh-huh, and, so, uh-huh. and so you know all of those things. You know, and I think that the platform. You know, I mean, I think just really having a platform and just accepting it as it is. You know, and um. You know, even the people who work, you know, maybe if you're trying to, maybe you don't know the importance. And this is another question. You know, when you, you know, have you ever thought about retirement? Not, you know, not necessarily, you know, sitting around in a rocking chair or doing like that, but the financial part of retirement. Yeah, That's because a scary it really thought. Right. It could be yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Not to mention it's not the money people think they're going to get. And mm-hmm. now that they're messing around with Social Security, you're not even secure about Social Security. Right. You know, right. And, and I found that even with unemployment, when um when my job ended, that I'm thinking, you know, well, I worked for 40 years, you know. So I least. should be able to get a, more than the person that's on, right. The yeah, last four just, quarters, that's all uh, they're looking at. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's six months. You go, come on now. You know, you kidding <laughs> What have you yeah. been doing with that money for the last forty years? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then there's no recourse. There's no place to go to shout. Right. You can go holler. You can join protests mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. but nothing happens. You know, right. and then you realize, okay, well, let me do something different. And then you say, well, I can only prolong the suffering so long <laughs> before I have to do something. You know, and in my case, I, you know, fortunately, I had my son. You know, mm-hmm. people help me out with a lot of stuff, but then I'm mm-hmm. not comfortable with that because right, I'm a grown up. Right, and he has his own, you know, his, own, his own life, life. too. Right, yeah. right. And so right. I'm like, okay, so I, I wind up getting a job working as an independent contractor working in charter schools. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just waiting for all of my um, uh, clearances. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, all my clearances. So, and mm-hmm. then um, the project management thing, but still, in the meantime, I realized that's still not enough for me because mm-hmm. there's some other things I want to do. You know, like right. go back to school and have some mm-hmm. more money coming through. And it's mm-hmm. my intentions to pay off this house regardless of what my husband's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I have to write the book, if I have to uh, start the business, yep. because I just want to be able to age gracefully and enjoy my days here on the planet. Right, absolutely, and I think that's, you know, and that's a noble goal, you know, and that's a noble goal, and it's, you know, and, and but, you know, every dream, everything has a, has um, numbers behind it, right. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, um, even, um, there, you know, when you said age gracefully, you know, there's, there are some um, conversations, you know, not conversation, but there's a, a and I didn't even know this until I started studying that there's something called um, successful aging theory. And so, you know, people have decided what it takes to uh, for successful aging. And so, you know, there are a lot of things that include money, but there are a lot of things that don't include money. You know, exactly. uh, friends, uh, a support network, um, obviously comfortable uh, place to live and, and good health, you know, and then, you know, and then there's always the money, you know. And so, you know, we just have to look at, you know, what we have and what it is right now, 
okay? And okay. so, you know, and so, like you said, write a book, you know, uh, try to uh, try to uh, make, you know, money here and there. You know, I was thinking, I said, damn, God, I got so much stuff. I could open up a consignment shop. I would never have to pick anybody else's clothes. I could sell my own stuff. I got about at least a year's worth of inventory. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear you. Right. Just in my own house, you know. And so, you know, but thinking about, you know, thinking about things like that, you know, what do I, you know, want to do and, um, you know, and what can I do? You know, uh, you know, I can, you know, with education, you could do it. You can write a book. You know, I teach at um, college. You know, I do some other things. But, again, it's like doing things that you want to do that can generate some income and still have a have a good life, you know. Exactly, um, exactly. You know, um, but I just think that, you know, um, you know, I think that collectively, you know, we can work. You know, we should be able to work together collectively, um, look at all those things that we've done in the past to sort of leverage and, and make do and, and, and do what we have to do. Uh, those are things that we could channel into a business or into a into something, you know, exactly. into something, you know, and I think that that's, as long, no. as, the, as long as the dream is still, uh, or you can still dream. See, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Some people have lost the ability to dream because mm-hmm. they have already told themselves, I'm too old for this, I'm too old mm-hmm. for that, which is one of the reasons why I'm on Facebook. A lot of times I post stuff like 90-year-olds, like on, 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 mm-hmm. on you know, oh, America's Got Talent. Right, you know, right. Uh, or, or somebody who has a specialized recipe in something, you know, uh-huh. where, uh, uh, who is 75, or people who've been married 80 years, you know, that kind right. of stuff. Uh-huh. You know, because uh-huh. there are people around us and among us that we haven't gotten into their world enough to even know, you know, what they uh-huh. do or how they're surviving or how happy they might be with just what uh-huh. they have. You know, uh-huh. so whatever decisions we make with the rest of our lives is our own. You know, and right. I feel as though... I, I enjoy people. I enjoy doing things that I do. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm trying to, like you say, rediscover. That, that's a good word too. Mm-hmm. Rediscover the things that I enjoy and, and keeping it going. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have my girlfriend. I always talk about my girlfriend's mom. Her husband left her for us, a younger woman many, many years ago, mm-hmm. and um, and we were all apologetic, you know, with sympathetic, you know, all these different mm-hmm. things. We, and she said, that's the best thing he ever did for me. She <laughs> said, I'm 68 years old. She said, I, I get to do some of the things I want to do. Next thing you know, we saw her on TV. Wow. Commercials, and, um, wow. She, yeah. And, and now she's living down Ace and Pine. Mm. You know, she's like close to 90 now, but she's been at least a couple of uh, uh, films. And wow. She, I mean, she, she, and we were like, she's in her 60s, she's almost 70 years old, you know. And, like, that's how we thought at the time, you uh-huh. know. And she was able to give her her daughter her house. Uh-huh. And, 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 and her son moved on. I mean, even though she aged and she, you know, I don't know if she's still alive now, but uh-huh. I do know that she went through a period where she was like, now I could do what I want to do. And we had mm-hmm. never heard anything like that. Oh, she's like in her 60s. All oh, the children are grown because we're grown. Right. 
And so you're like, she's like, thank you. This don't have to be bogged down with taking care, of, you know, doing she can do for herself now, you know. Yeah, and, and, then, so, and her response was so unique because uh-huh. we were so used to hearing everybody going, oh, you're so I'm so sorry, <laughs> right? I'm do it out of my you know. And, but she was like, oh, that was the best thing he ever did. I like. And she was so serious about it. You know, you can see the joy. <laughs> right. It wasn't like she was it was a mask. You know, it was she was serious about it. You know, uh, yeah. Some, yeah, somebody and, told me there was this phrase like, uh, what is it? Something's gone, but nothing's missing. So in other words, <laughs> it's gone, but it's not missing. You know, I exactly. mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll I like that. Fun. Yeah, so yeah, that's just that's interesting. But we need more of those stories. And um, you know, one person was telling me one of the things that also needs to happen. It doesn't really happen too much, you know, like that intergenerational dialogue. So somebody younger, you know, I guess we would be middle aged because people living to be a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, that's right. That's so, right. So and then people who are older. You know, I mean, how many times, nobody really knows anybody, Edie, you know, I mean, I don't know anybody, I do, I have run into a couple of people, but to really have a dialogue with somebody like your friend's mother that says, well, this is what, this is what I could have, this is what I did, you know, or, you know, I had a setback at 60, and this is how I reinvented myself, you know. Yeah, exactly. and so we have people who we, we never hear about that. So if I'm thinking the world is going to and you have people crying because they're turning 40, I'm like, you know. Well, yeah. Right. You know, yeah. oh, my God, my life is over. I'm at 40. And I'm like, what? You know, yeah. or, you know, so, you know, just trying to, you know, be able to have some, you know, intergenerational dialogue. Um, and also I think, um, and part of why I'm doing the interviews and why I'm recording, because I want to hear what people have to say. A lot of times, um, you know, we as black women, we learn a lot and we um, get a lot from each other from talking. You know, that's, that's how, true. you know, and so I think being able to really hear, hear you know, hear from people you know, and so even if, I think if you talk to people that we thought, oh, you know, a old, like an older person really hearing what they had to say, you know, a younger person. Because people say, oh, the young people today, they don't want this, that, and the other. I'm, I'm, like, so glad, like, you have young people around you, you know, the young man that I met in your office. It's good to have young people and hear their ideas and hear, because the media will have you thinking young people don't care about anything. They only care about themselves. They only care about the latest clothes, you know, or whatever. I mean, but they have. Yeah, and that's not true. And they're so excited about life and those who are receptive to to your uh, experience or your wisdom. (laughs) And wisdom, yeah. You know, uh, you you can't wait to open up to them and tell them stories, you know. And what right. they get now, your stories may not be the same message you're trying to give them. Right. You know, like and sometimes they'll say out of your stories, "Oh, that must have been a lot of fun." Right. And then you say, "Well, maybe it was if I look at it like that." You know? Right. <laughs> right. Or they say, "I want right. to do something," and uh, I want to be a. One of the kids told me he wanted to be a music executive, so I uh-huh. I had to go through with him telling him what those jobs look like. 
Right. You know right. where it is that uh you know where you really need to take business courses and accounting right. courses. Right. And it's not law like courses. You, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I have right. to study people who's doing it like Clive Davis. Or mm-hmm. Study you know, look at his bio. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at this person's bio. You know, start reading about these people so you know pretty much how to match your competition and then you can step up. Right, right, because it's not magic, you know, and a lot of times, you know, with the, you know, with the internet and TV, you think you yeah. just pop up, you know, like it's just popping over, <laughs> yeah, right, I mean, it's it's TV, you know, I mean, how, I mean, it, I don't know, you know, if you can go from, you know, I, I don't know, but uh, it's yeah, not always it's, fictionalized as they, as they portray it, they don't show the right. heart, they don't show the hard work other than Cookie spending 17 years in jail. That's hard work. But if she hadn't yeah. spent 17 years in jail, then they wouldn't have had what they had. But they never talk about what he did along the, you know, along the way. So That's true, except for uh, the murder of a couple of people to keep what he got. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, right. So we don't see at all, and that's another thing with you know whatever lifestyles or real housewives of whomever. Like you never see the transition; you only see the instant. And nobody wants to pay the dues in order to get you know where they need to to go. You know, and so exactly. You know, it's just like school, you know. Oh, I want to do this. I want to, you know, and like, okay, then it's going to cost you something, you know, and it's not just money. You know, it's going to cost you time. You're going to have to put in, you're going to have to put in the time. Whatever it is, you're going to have to put in the time, and you're going to have to, you have to put in the resources, and resources aren't always money. Exactly. You know, and um, so I think that, you know, people need to hear, you know, hear those things, you know, or they'll be left to just looking at it on TV, you know. And, um, you know, you, when I used to talk to kids who were just going to college and, you know, we would talk about going to college, it was interesting. You said it took you eight years to do the four years. You know, their people drop out at two, you know, or mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. you know, or they just, you know, I'm like, okay, if you want to take some time off, you know, but you're coming back, they don't really have a plan, you know, they don't really have a plan, um, or it's like, well, I'm going to take this one course because that's all I can do right now. Well, that's, that's going to take you five years. Okay, then it takes five years. Like, I, this is what I want to do. And so, you know, everybody doesn't have the luxury, you know, depending on your age or your circumstances, to, you know, walk into college on the first day, check into your dorm, and just, you know, life is a bowl of cherries until you graduate four years later. It's not always like that. Yeah, you know? and you're absolutely right about that because um, because because I'm thinking now, like, what's, what's realistic for me going back to school? What I want to mm-hmm. do is one of two things. I thought about mm-hmm. law, and then I thought about uh, cultural anthropology. Mm. I know, so I know. I, I know a good cultural anthropologist you should meet. Oh, she, okay. No, she's in well, she's in D.C., but she's traveling all over the world. She, Sheila, her, her name is Sheila, and um, she, you know, she loves it. You know, you know, um, it's funny you should say that because even though we're being recorded, I could, it's okay. 
for me to say this. One right. of my funny thing is when I was a kid, my invisible friend's name was Sheila. <laughs> really? Okay, well, maybe Sheila could be your invisible friend again, your real friend. Maybe Sheila was your spirit guide. But, um, you know, Sheila was a cultural anthropologist, mm-hmm. and she still is, not was. And I don't know how she, I don't know how old Sheila is. Um, you know, she's older than me. I don't know how old she is. She probably could be tired. But she's always in some part of the world looking at something, doing something. And, um... You know, she gets to travel, she gets to meet people, you know. Um, and you can also be, as long as you can find somebody to, you know, I mean, you can study anthropology, and then you just find somebody to support your work. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and as a matter of fact, yeah, and I really do want to analyze uh, African Americans uh, right. in, let's say, the 21st century. Because right. I see so many changes because of education and some other things mm-hmm. that I'm wondering, like in our future, where would that lead us? Uh, like mm-hmm. you said, more people calling themselves black. I like to mm-hmm. know how the youth identify themselves, right? Uh, uh, and and basically how uh, what they see now is affecting how they think. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, it's a lot of things. Like I don't really want to leave the African American. I mean, the black communities put it that way. Right, I, right. I really want to stay right here and study us. And mm-hmm. I'm part of this talented tense theory that I heard right, <laughs> back in right. the day where you have some mm-hmm. African-Americans that think they, I keep saying African-American, I'm a, but, but that mm-hmm. who actually have segregated themselves mm-hmm. and have not become educators. Right. Instead, they feel right. as though they're entitled and privileged. Right and and I and I and I it was okay back in the forties and fifties and mm-hmm. parts of the sixties, mm-hmm. but today we need people who are leaders who mm-hmm. can stand out and, and and make a commitment to bring forth the best mm-hmm. out of what right. we have right. in our community. Right, and 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 what we have, and I and think that's the, and and that's recognizing that you have gifts in your community because, you know, I was standing, I was waiting for the train. I was in the 30th Street waiting for the scepter to come over to Jersey, and I was sitting there, and I was watching the guys changing the light bulbs at the train station. It was some kind of company. They had their company shirts, and they they were literally changing the light bulbs. And I'm sitting there like, those guys probably making about $30 an hour. Uh-huh. changing those light bulbs, okay? Right. But somehow, you know, not somehow, but in their community, and they were all white guys, you know, whatever, there was a value to be an electrician, you know? There's a value to being a plumber. There's a value to being a carpenter. Then when you go and you see all the pretty lawns in different neighborhoods, there's a value to being the lawn. There's a value to everybody because the person isn't their job. There's a value in every person. So if my skill is this, then I can do that and be valued, you know, but we throw people away. And so, you know, we have to be able to value value your people, right, and then how that person decides to 
live their life or or um, uh, feed their family, you know, it's valuable because a valuable person is doing it. Right. Are you following me? And so, yes. you know, everybody doesn't have to be the doctor, lawyer, Indian chief. You know, and there's there's a place for professionalism. There's a place for everything. But everybody still should be valued. You know, yes. and like you and said, you talk, when when my roof is leaking, I need a roofer. I don't need somebody to, I don't need the professor to tell me how to make a roof. You know, yes. I need it fixed, okay? And so, you know, I want to be able to have people who can do those things because that's a value to the community, you right, know. exactly. That's one of the reasons you know, why I got Christian. Well, it was part of his school activity, right. you know, yeah, like to take carpentry. Right. You know, I mean, I just remember very clearly in this, you know, we're talking about being recorded. I remember I had a car. I always had a car. And um, I was we were, I was driving somewhere with this boy who was really, really, he was cute and he was whatever. And I guess I was 17, 18 years old. And um, my car got a flat tire. So uh-huh. it was a little Volkswagen. I mean, I knew how to change a tire. When, you know, I thought I saw him, I knew how to change a tire. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I expected him to do it. He want, he started putting the damn tire on backwards. And I was like, you know what, never mind. You're no good to me. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You know, now I'm thinking, you know, come on, dude. Like, you can't even fix a tire? You know, and so, you know, the thing is, why, I mean, he knew the latest dances. He knew everything else, but he didn't know how to fix a tire. You know, there's certain life skills that people should have. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I know how to call AAA, but I know how to I know how to change a tire. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. Guy, yeah, right. You know, so, I mean, or if your roof is leaking, at least know to go put a tarp on top of it. It's, you know what I'm saying? But you, uh, know, so you have people still, nowadays right. just standing there. He's standing in the middle floor with me looking like, well, what should we do? You know? Right. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, it, it's just we need to be able to learn skills, learn how to do things, you know, and like you said, your friend, and she fixed up the mother's, you know, I mean, your, the room that your mother used to, you know, those are, that's a value in the community. Yeah, yes, it is. And, you know, and um, and, and we, and, and, and it's just so exciting to me, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to share these gifts that we have. Like when somebody says, well, this is how you, you get the waterproof caulk, you know, you do this right. to your yeah. bathroom, you know, because cause we're at an age now where we're doing a lot of DIY. Like I tell right. people, look, yeah. go to YouTube. They'll show you how right. to do They'll it. They'll show you how to do Yeah, I mean, because you can't yeah. spend, I mean, I was in, I teach a financial literacy class, and, you know, there was a person in there, he was a plumber, and I was talking about you can fix, and I said, look, I'm not trying to, you know, um, put you out of business. I know you need money, Mr. Plummer, and I, we were talking about changing the thing. He said, you know what, he said, I'm going to charge $50, you know, for somebody to come out, you come out a little washer and, you're, you know, change. I mean, they're going to charge. People are professionals. They charge what they charge, and it's not too expensive because that's their time. But if I can fix it myself, you know, I'm not trying to do anything that's going to, you know, I'm not trying to redo all the plumbing in the house, but I shouldn't have to call somebody to do one little teeny thing, you know, unless you have that kind of money or unless you just want to circulate the economy and help the economy. But I had to put that money towards a travel fund, you know. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know yeah, what I'm so, saying? Yeah, so you know? it's just 
Yeah, yeah. it's like keeping the dream alive, and the things that—that's that's, those are the things that give people ambition. Besides, yeah. uh, uh, this new thing, like you know, making your stomach smaller so you can lose weight. People are <laughs> people have no control over their impulses, you know. Right. And I and I find that in many cases that has a lot to do with they haven't thought it out, they haven't had the experience or the ability to say, I don't know, how can I do okay. this differently. Right. You know, uh, 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 I don't want to take a lot of pills, so what can I do differently? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, what um, can I do differently? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so I don't have money. What can I do and still get this done? You know, mm-hmm. like uh, like I was telling my sister-in-law one day uh, that when we got the dog, we had carpets. I said, I got carpet mm-hmm. shampoo. Mm-hmm. And I retrained the dog often, you know, to pay right. to the outside and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. therefore, I'm happy. The dog is happy. Right. And the ASPCA right. is happy. <laughs> <laughs> just a yeah. simple, just just thinking it out in advance, you know. And mm-hmm. I have insurance for her, which I pay mm-hmm. at thirty dollars a month, just so mm-hmm. I can take her when I have no money mm-hmm. to the vet if I need to. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, I told her so yeah. sometimes we have to cover our behind. I told her most of my retirement money now, which mm-hmm. is thinking things out, is spent <laughs> toward insurances. Yeah, and that's you important know. because when people get low on money, that's the first thing that goes, but it really shouldn't be. That's the As thing that. you should keep up. Yeah. Because it saves you. It saves you in the long run. That's you right, know. because I, I, I said I pay. Uh, for my insurance, because that way nobody would have to. Because my mother, when she passed, she didn't have insurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we didn't think that she didn't have insurance. We mm-hmm. thought my father was going to cover her. But, but but part of his old school thing is when you're not with them anymore, even if you're That's married, you're still not married. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that got a lot of people messed up. <laughs> yeah. You know, you so, know right. So he yeah. didn't have insurance for her, and then he never up his insurance. Mm-hmm. He thought seven thousand dollars would be enough to bury him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so fortunately, we have a family plot, which was mm-hmm. a lot of land bought, mm-hmm. and then I had them switch all the titles to my name, so I so they would be uh, uh, property right. owned, you know, in the event mm-hmm. something to happen. Because myself, right. I'm, I'm going to the military thing, but I'm going to mm-hmm. tra- transfer all that to my son. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and these two people, my son and daughter-in-law, because right. I hope I, 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 that he outlives me, but we never know. Right. You know. Right. So, right. Uh, so, so I'm trying to cover all the bases now, just for the what if. Right. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm saying, well, I'm going to live like I'm living. I'm going right. to try to move into a different place. That's why I thought about cultural anthropology. Then I thought about law, but law is mm-hmm. so saturated. I don't want to become a salesman on TV. A salesperson on TV. <laughs> but then, you know, but Renee, you gotta, you, but you gotta be, uh, you gotta find your own niche. Exactly. And I think that's what you know. Whatever the career is. A lot of times people end up um, trying to recreate what other people have done, and then it's going to be saturated, yeah. you know. And I think that new um, new ways of thinking require new people to help that way of thinking. And it was funny because we were talking about Sheila, the cultural anthropologist. You know, right. when I first met Sheila and she was telling me what she did, 
And I said, wow, I said, I wish, I said, I, that was always so interesting, you know. And she said, what did you study in school? I said, biology. And she said, hold on a second. Okay. Okay. She said, well, you could have been a, biolog- a, bio- a biological cultural anthropologist. And I'm like, what? How do you know there was such a thing? So there's so much out here that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And so, you know, whatever you want to do, like even when people, it's funny when, you know, and I tell people, oh, you know, you know, you're getting a doctorate, and they go, oh, what are you going to do? I'm like, okay, I think I know what I'm going to do, but I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know once I have it, I have it, and then I can do whatever I want. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's not like necessarily on-the-job training. So if you, study, if you study cultural anthropology, and you, you know, I, you say you want to be, say, the, uh, the urban cultural center. You, you understand what I'm saying? So right, you can exactly. set something up, the Philadelphia Cultural Center, where you study the history of Philadelphia, the cultural changes in the city of Philadelphia in the last 50 years. You know, I went to this, um, I was somewhere up in Allentown, and um, I went with Rick to this thing, and I was just wandering. He was doing a rehearsal for a play. I was wandering around, and I saw this thing, and this woman had this thing called the Museum of um, Ethnography. So I said, oh, wow, what is that? So I go in, and basically what she does, she travels, she meets people, she talks to them, she brings back little artifacts from their thing and puts it in her museum, and then she has these workshops where people want to know about the people of whatever, whatever. Okay, they may not go there, but they'll pay, you know, $25 to come, and she has the stuff, and she'll just, and that's all she did. And I said to myself, and, I'm, you know, we are being recorded, but it's my recording. I'm like, this white woman making all this money just doing, you know what I'm saying? So it's something, she said, well, I like meeting people, and it's, she has this museum, mm-hmm. Museum mm-hmm. of Cultural well, she called it um, ethnography, which is um, is a cultural anthropology, but now they call it, uh, she's an ethnographer. So that's what you would be, a cultural ethnographer. And so she just meets people and um, talks about them, talks about it. And the day I saw she was having something later on that night, and um, she had, you know, wine out and hors d'oeuvres, mm-hmm. and she was showing the, you know, pictures from her um excursions and, you know, she give you a little history and, and that's it, you know, and so it can happen. I mean, it, whatever you like to do, find out yeah, what you that's like what to I'm do. Leaning, because I find out that's what I do every day, you know, yep. like, I, I want to keep it simple, you know. Yep. Keep it I simple. I this is what I do every day. I get a kick out of it, yep. you know, and, yep. and, and, and when the kids come in, I ask them questions like, what is your home life? You know, what's going mm-hmm. on? Who lives mm-hmm. in your house? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. they tell me, you know, mm-hmm. and um, we sit and we talk about it. And then I'm also experiencing this thing with one of my kids is that he is really African-American. Like his family mm-hmm. originated in Syria, the Horn, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's going through this period now where he's trying to grasp onto our language uh-huh. And our ways of life, culture, and, mm-hmm. and it's like a culture shock because right, is his home life is different, and then when he goes out to school, he's going to Bartram. It's like something altogether different, <laughs> right? And and, and and he doesn't 
and, and every now and then, you know, his respect for elders is constantly being challenged by mm-hmm. what he sees some of the other youth doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's saying to me now, on top of that, i got to not tell people where I'm from because they think I have Ebola. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, going through... that's interesting. I mean, so all of those it things. Is. I mean, so actually, you know what, what you could do is, even if you, you know, if you went back to school and you study sociology, you know, you can be a cultural anthropologist by studying anthropology. I mean, excuse me, by studying right. sociology. And right. so, you know, uh, you know, again, if, you know, if you, you know, you want to stay in the area, and obviously, you know, you got to look at what resources you have in the area. So, you know, studying sociology, you know, is a way, but you want to specifically look at, like, those issues, you know, cultural issues, or you know, um, because the uh, status of immigrants and um, sort of that transition and accommodation and assimilation into America, particularly when you talk about people who look like everybody else. You know, you may look like an um, uh, African-American or a black American, but a lot of us black Americans don't realize how American we are. Exactly. Exactly, because even with us, we could look at somebody and say, they must, I think they might be from Jamaica or they might be Mm -hmm. from Africa. Because we we can identify our differences even though we can't put our finger on it. Fingers are right. Right. Yeah. And we are and if you if you ever go anywhere you will know for sure how much of an American you are. That's so right. We have very American ways of doing things and we you know, um one of my yeah. friends she she relocated, she retired and she lives in Ghana and um she said that you know, she's been there for a few years, and, you know, she, she retired educator from Detroit. And she said that, you know, when she goes get her hair done and all of that, she said sometimes when people are trying to be funny, um, they'll say something to her. Um, the Kind of like a nickname or whatever is uh, white lady. And they're saying that not because of her skin color, but she's so American. You know, exactly. I mean... And so, you know, I mean, it, it, yeah, so it just, takes, it just takes some getting. I mean, she's, you know, she's aware of it. She understands it. She just deals with it. You know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the same propaganda we get about over there. They get about over here, about us. But we're very Americanized. How yes, we, we think, are. how we process, how we, you know, you can't get away from it because it is what it is unless you lived out in off the grid, never saw TV, never heard a radio, never went to school. But, you know, other Yeah, because we is, expect just something different. Right. Like, we expect yeah. a bathroom that has all the uh, uh, right. <laughs> the amenities. You know, like, oh, right. I'll go in there, I expect to see toilet paper, I expect right. to, to flush. Do I use right. my hands to flush it? Where's right. the hand sanitizer? Right. Where's this? Right. You know, all and, the things that we take for granted every day. And not only that, like, who gets to go to the bathroom first? You know what I'm saying? Because if if I walk into the bathroom, there's a line to go to the bathroom, and there's an older person behind me, then mama just got to wait until everybody else. If you number 15 in line, you number 15 in line. But because our role is the first one in line, the next one goes. 
But That's maybe right. in another country, it could be based on age. It so if an be. old person walked up, did everybody got to stand to the side, and then the old person gets to go. You know, Actually, that's one of the ways that it used to be in the 50s, 50s yeah, and 60s. Right. But you know, we've gotten uh, so away from it. You wouldn't curse around old people, you know, got on the bus or the train or something. You know, some the old person, I mean, they would give them the seat. Same thing with women, you know, pregnant people, you know. I mean, I was on a L one day, and I was trying to figure out how long it's going to take for this somebody to ask this pregnant woman if she wants to sit down. So uh-huh. I said, would you like to sit down? She looked at me like I was crazy. You know, I know. I, mean, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, you know, and the same thing I see on the bus. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. sometimes the elders will always appreciate the offer, mm-hmm. but they'll say right. something like, I'm riding a block. You know, I'm okay. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, and the men will sit there and, and say, well, this is too bad. And the sign <laughs> clearly says this sign yeah, this is, being, is right. it's right. being reserved for, for seniors right. and, 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 and the disabled. Right. Yes. They don't and, care. And cane, uh, having a cane no longer is considered dis- a disability. <laughs> right. You know, and well, I think it's every muscle. third person in Philly got a cane or a walker or something. It's like I thought they, one time I thought they were giving them out. You know, yeah, like, and I got this call the other Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.